and welcome to The Trails. I'm your host, Katie, and this week we are going to have a mini episode all about perfect and basic layers that you need to get outside. Now, if you're hungry for a little bit more information beyond the basics, you can check out uh, the website, katienewland.com. It has everything that you need with all the links, all the clicks, and I made you guys some checklists, some basic, basic checklists. So they're all accessible on the website if you guys want a little bit of a deeper dive, but otherwise we are going to jump right in here. So the basics of layering to get you outside are, of course, obvious. They're layers designed to make it comfortable when you go outside. Right, we've all forgotten that jacket, we've all forgotten that umbrella. I mean, you're not gonna take an umbrella generally on a hiking trail, but in general, if you forget those essential layers, it's a little bit more miserable than, than normal. So we are going to discuss this kind of like onion layer approach to building a really comfortable, versatile outdoor clothing system, essentially. So we are going to start with the the bare bone basics and the goal of this is to use what you have we're not going to talk about again we're not going to talk about a bunch of gear and brands and names and all of that kind of jazz that's all available at your fingertips if you want to go like pro level basically so um, if you've already got your bag that you packed from the prior episode then we are ready to jump in and head to your closet um, we're gonna pack let's go let's get ready so as a prelude to that, one thing that you really want to do prior to building your layers, this onion approach, you really want to check the weather. So we've gone through, you know, how to get motivated, how to plan your hike. So let's assume that you've planned it, you've got your grab bag, you're ready to go. Um, so what do you even take? I mean, if you're going to the desert or if you're going to the mountaintop for a 4,000, you know, summit, those are vastly different things and nature's a little bit deceptive. If you want to go and hike to the top of a mountain, but you're in the middle of summer, you'd think, oh, I just need shorts and a tank top and boots and I'm ready to grow. I'm golden. But you get to the top of that mountain. And if you have not summited to the top of any kind of a mountain, oh, you are in for a surprise because the conditions at the top are generally vastly different <laughs> than, than when you leave your car and you lock all your stuff inside and you go to the top. It's wildly different. So... With that being said, um, first thing to do is to check the weather for where you're going. Um, a little bit deeper into that is checking the actual like GPS locations or checking the park website for specific um, cameras and locations. I've got an example of that online as well for um, Crater Lake, which is in Oregon, which is again, wildly different conditions. Like you can go in summer and it's snowing up there. So that's a big thing. Um, so keeping that in your back of your head, if it's going to rain, if there's a high chance for rain, taking those different outer layers, um, making sure they're kind of lightweight as much as you can with what you've got. So with that in your head, um, we're going to pack based on what you need, not just for the start of the trail, but to get you through the entire trail to the top and back down comfortable enough, right? It's not perfect. Nature is not perfectly comfortable. It's not a couch. But getting you there and back comfortable enough so that the rest, you know, the grueling mental effort and the physical effort are the rewards, not the fact that your fingers are freezing. So let's go. The core of our onion is a base layer, right? We're familiar-ish enough with this maybe. So base layer is going to be your underwear, bra, sports bra. Uh, if you want to omit that, you can do a, like a basic tank top kind of thing. 
Um, socks are important and thermals. So those are your bare bone kind of basics. Um, we can go a little bit into materials. People generally like to stray away from cotton. I love to wear cotton layers. Um, the problem with cotton is that it doesn't dry super fast. So a lot of people go to these synthetic kind of athletic materials. Um, I generally just find them uncomfortable. Like I find synthetic underwear to be miserable and I hate them, but I still take them when I go on like backpacking trips because they're going to dry within five minutes versus a pair of cotton underwear that if you have no sun, it will never dry. Um, so, so to plan, depending on what you enjoy, if it's a day hike, like don't, you don't need fancy, fancy gear. Um, and if it's, if it's a backpacking trip, you're going to have to deviate a little bit from comfort and you're going to have to go with what's actually going to be functional on the trail. Um, so with that, you can do synthetic material, you can do cotton. Generally, I just tend to go with what I find enjoyable again, unless I'm doing something really, really long. Um, bra just wear something comfortable, wear something support, almost like you're going to do, you're, you're doing a sport, you're doing an outdoor activity. Um, so use anything that you've got, like athleisure wear, like just grab it and go. Uh, socks, socks, you're going to want to take, I always take two pairs, like even for a day hike, because if you come to a stream crossing and you're like, I can totally make that crossing without getting my boots wet, even if they're waterproof boots and you get them wet and it turns cold and starts to rain, your temperature is going to plummet if your socks are wet. So highly recommend taking an extra pair of socks. They weigh nothing. They take up no space. Throw them in. And if you think it's going to be really, really rainy conditions, throw them inside a Ziploc baggie so that they stay dry. Thermals are something that can get a little bit more expensive. Um, I tend to go like store brand. So if you're going to REI, I go REI brand. I do have Smartwool as well. And Smartwool is a top, you know, amazing, amazing um, set of materials that you can get. They are wonderful, but they are very, very expensive. So uh, save up your pretty pennies for those. And they are worth the investment. Um, but I would say you do not need them to be comfortable. I still kind of default to my other <laughs> layers, even though I have smart wool layers. So, um, and I've built my whole collection of hiking stuff over like 20 years. So I would say that um, having a base layer. So if it's going to be really, really cold, wearing a good set of thermals, knowing when not to wear thermals is also important. So if it's not going to be really cold, like in the freezing temperatures, maybe skip them because you're going to get warm as you start to move outside. So, and that's, that's a layer that's really hard to take off. So your base layer is something that's going to be kind of like, it's going to be on you. <laughs> the other layers are going to be where we can shed layers and kind of peel away the, the layers of an onion. Okay. Base layer. Check. First layer. So the first layer is going to be whatever you're putting, of course, on top of your base layer. We're building up that onion. So these I would default to like tank top, t-shirt and leggings. Um, so if you're going like on a summer hike, you probably don't need much of any of these besides like bra underwear or just like a tank instead of a bra um, and some socks. Also, socks that are high top are better to keep a lot of debris from getting onto you and also help uh, protect your legs a little bit. If you're like me, somebody who really loves to wear shorts, even though people preach like don't wear shorts when you hike, don't wear tank tops, like always wear long sleeves and pants and ooh, your girl loves to wear shorts and tank tops. So fuck the rules, do what you want. Um, but high top socks are something that are nice to kind of just like protect your legs and your ankles from thorns and stuff, basic, basic things and from bugs. Okay. 
first layer tank tops t-shirts leggings you're gonna want to put these over so you're gonna want to make sure that they're loose fitting enough but also you don't want something so loose fitting so if you're really into wearing like really baggy t-shirts pick one that's a little bit more form fitting because it's going to be able to retain the air around your body and keep your body temperature that core body temperature warmer than if you're wearing really loose fitting clothing. Now, if it's a summer hike and you're going out in the middle of a blazing sun and you're like the blazing sun, a <laughs> blazing sun, the blazing sun, like you're not gonna wanna wear form fitting clothing unless you just like love that feel because it's you, you're just gonna perspire and it's going to be miserable. Um, so in that case, again, you wanna know your weather, loose fitting clothing is more breathable, um, form fitting clothing is going to help retain more heat. Uh, pick your poison outer layers so on top of that and of course uh, the first layer you're going to want to pick a long sleeve shirt um, or a long sleeve thermal with a long sleeve shirt over top if it's going to be really really cold like if you're going into which you should be doing more than a basic um, listening and learning if you're if you're going to something pretty extreme uh, outer layers kind of stack on top of that. So these are what you see like classic puffy coats, uh, but underneath that puffy coat, this is where I've found it's really, really important. And again, breaking those rules. So people breach no cotton. I always, I think I always, always, always wear a cotton sweatshirt, <laughs> like a cotton sweatshirt that's ratty and old from like college. That's basically what I grab every single time because it's comfortable to me and I love it. Um, and I, I know how to, to kind of ventilate and like prepare or prevent myself from sweating too much. So um, I, I love cotton sweatshirts, but keep in mind if you're going to be soaked in torrential downpour um, or if you're going to be doing a multi-day trek, do not take cotton stuff. It's going to get soaked and it's going to get really heavy and you'll never dry it out. Um, but if you're a day hike, it's amazing. Sweaters are also really good. Um, anything that has a high insulation um, rating is really nice. So grab what you've got, um, but pick accordingly in terms of that. One pro tip that I absolutely love is if you've got a zip up, not a zip up hoodie, um, but a, like a, a zip up fleece, those are phenomenal. Um, fleeces will keep you really warm. If you've got one that's a little bit more form fitting, uh, that's also really, really good. Kind of hugs all of your basic layers to your body, especially if you're doing cold. Um, and the benefit is, is that even if you're doing something like a mild temperature or warm, taking that layer with a zipper allows you to ventilate and regulate your temperature when you're going up and downhill. So for instance, when you're going uphill, you are going to sweat. You're going to perspire, even if it's really, really cold. Um, it's kind of deceptive. You don't feel like you're perspiring, which means you don't drink as much water. That's also really important to keep hydrated, uh, even in cold weather. But when you're going uphill, you're going to start to feel your body temperature rise. And before, the moment before you start to perspire, you want to start to ventilate. So if you've got a fleece, you know, zipped up, and then you've got a puffy coat, let's say, or a rain jacket on top, zipped up, you're going to want to start to unzip that outermost layer first and then subsequently start to unzip those inner layers just to the point where you feel like you're regulating your temperature. So you're not dropping your temperature, you're not getting really cold, but you're also not beginning to perspire. Because if you begin to perspire, you are going to sweat in your you know, armpits, belly, back, especially if you're wearing your backpack, you're gonna sweat on all the parts that are not getting high ventilation on your back. 
uh, your shoulders, your armpits, like everything's just going to start to sweat. And the problem with that is that when you get done with that uphill, <laughs> that, that really hard part that gives you like, you know, that juicy motivation to continue, um, when you feel like you want to quit, but then you win, uh, that's incredible. And those moments when you pause or if you pause to rest, you are going to get super cold, like, even if it's not that cold outside. So that's the point where you want to prevent sweating and then you want to zip up um, as soon as you start to stop. So you want to keep that core body temperature regulated. Okay, so sweatshirt, sweater, um, and then a puffy coat stacked on top of that is going to be a really, really nice layer. Now, if for some reason you also have the option to get, generally I only see them in rain jackets. Uh, I'm sure maybe there's some other jackets that have them, but basically the there are armpit zippers, and those are really nice too, unless it's like freezing cold or really, really high winds. Keeping those armpit zippers open for more ventilation is another really nice tip. Okay, let's talk about pants. Um, so let's say you've got thermals, you've got stacked with some leggings on top. Um, generally, that should be more than enough unless you're going into something like rain, snow, wet conditions, in which case you're going to want to have something, some kind of pant that's a little bit more water resistant. Now I've done snow hikes in jeans, like I've layered, <laughs> I've layered leggings, like cotton leggings with jeans. Everyone will say, don't do it, but do it if you know that you're going to be in and out. But if you're going to be backpacking or anything like that overnight, um, into hip waist snow, just, just don't do it. You're going to have to have something that's a little bit water resistant or fully waterproof. <clears throat> so stacking some kind of pants over top that are waterproof, water resistant are amazing. If you know you're only going to be like, if you're going ice hiking, um, that you can just get away with. A lot of times you can get away with gaiters, um, uh, which are just like the waterproof. They're kind of like the upper part of a rain boot, um, that fits around your boots or your shoes um, that prevents water, mud, debris, sand from getting inside. So people do wear them sometimes while they go sand hiking uh, because it just prevents any kind of stuff from getting into your shoes, which is amazing. Okay, so pants we talked about. Also pants have, you know, there are these fancy, I hate them, but they're the ones that like zip off. Um, some people love those and those are really nice and convenient because when you've got hiking boots on and you've got hiking pants on, let's say they're designed for hiking, um, they're that kind of brand forward thinking and they, and they've got the zip offs around the knees. Those allow you to go from pants to shorts without actually stopping and taking off your boots and like stripping a whole layer and changing. You just unzip them and let them drop around your ankles and you leave them there. Uh, you don't actually take them off because generally you have to take off your boots and taking off your boots when you've got a pack on is a whole ordeal. So those are really nice. Some people live by them. I absolutely detest them. Um, winter coat we talked about and shoes oh one reminder is that puffy coats are generally not waterproof a, lo a lot of them are not um, unless you've got a really fancy one so that leads us to the next layer of our onion which is rain and wind layers so having a windbreaker or a duo like a rain jacket that's also a windbreaker is an absolute essential if you're going to be doing any kind of thing that's longer than like I don't know, an hour hike, right? Unless you're doing a really mini hike in a place you know where the parking lot's nearby and it's like a paved path, generally taking a rain layer is as essential as taking water because if it's going, it has any chance of raining and it's any amount of cold or windy, you're going to be miserable and then you're never going to want to go outside again. So, um, I mean, and if you're going someplace that's actually more isolated, it can be 
it can be really dangerous for you for yourself so your core body temperature can drop and then that leads to hypothermia so rain layers are essential if you're going into like really rainy rainy weather um, rain pants are a really good investment i invested in these when i was in boston biking uh, and it rained so much and i invested in a pair of rain pants for that and i've used them hiking and when it is so just like constant rain they are a game changer because you stay warm um, but also remembering that rain jackets and rain gear are designed to prevent moisture from permeating in which means it works in reverse as well it is designed to prevent moisture from permeating out <laughs> so that's why having those armpit zippers unzipped keeping your sleeves open um, a bit so they've got those cuffs that can be adjustable keeping that open um, and then knowing when to take your rain layers off uh, before you start to perspire inside or maybe removing the puffy coat then putting your rain jacket on over top of your fleece is really really important to start to learn and and adapt to when you're on the trail because or when you're outside i mean these are applicable for all sorts of things if you're going to a baseball game or if you're going outside to like hang out with friends and have a barbecue and it's freezing cold like all of these things are applicable for that because if you start to sweat underneath the rain layer it's going to be near impossible to dry out a puffy coat in rainy conditions that's freezing cold i digress okay um, another thing, these are a little bit more specific, but rain wind layers can taking into account if you're doing a water hike, uh, like everyone voted for Zion, which makes me so happy. People love Zion National Park. Um, and I've done the, the Narrows hike. It's, um, it's a long through hike that you can do in a day or overnight and it's through a slot canyon and you are literally hiking in like knee deep, ankle deep, waist deep water for many, many, many miles. Um, and that isn't essential for neoprene socks. I, I know people who have hiked in like Chacos, but neoprene socks there will keep your feet from getting freezing cold. They're basically wetsuit material for your feet. Um, so they're just wetsuit socks. Uh, they last forever. They're perfect to pair with like high top boots for that kind of stuff. Um, and they're, they're just to keep your feet warm in wet conditions. So 10 out of 10 recommend. Waterproof boots are kind of an investment, um, but generally speaking, if you're going to invest in a good pair of hiking boots, they're going to be like, you know, $100, a couple hundred dollars sometimes, but if you take good care of them, like if you rinse them off when you get back from your hike and you let them dry out and you just, you know, love them and use them, like use the hell out of them, they're going to last you forever. I've had mine for like 10, 10 years, like well over 10 years. And they're still going strong. So I, I highly recommend investing eventually, not at the beginning, like eventually in a good pair of high top boots. Um, absolutely phenomenal. Okay. And last thing are add-ons. So these are the additionals that are going to kind of be like the make or break. They're really important for if you're summiting something with a lot of elevation change. Um, they're really important for it kind of ex those extreme conditions. So if it's a really sunny day or if it's a really windy day, or if it's a really cold day, or you're going to have variable temperatures across your adventure, these are the important quintessential add-ons for you. So, hat, right? And you modify this for your weather that you checked at the beginning when you were planning your trip, or you're checking it now. So, hat, sunglasses, beanie, and that's like any kind, right? Um, headband, is an alternative or a pairing. I also like often pair like headbands with beanies when it's really, really cold, windy conditions. A scarf or a buff. 
Um, if you don't know what a buff is, they're like the collar scarves that, that are super versatile. You can like pull them over your nose. You can put them on as a hat, as a headband, um, like as a scarf around. You can use them for basically anything. Um, and then a watch for timing is another really important thing. We've talked about that in prior episodes. Um, not relying just solely on your phone. And then my pro tip for your hands are double glove. It's a glove mitten combination. Um, and I, this is like tried and true from biking in winter in Boston, uh, from hiking winter conditions many, many times, like in Glacier, Grand Tetons, um, Crater Lake, Mount Rainier, like all of these I've done in winter and they are phenomenal when you pair this. So you get a basic pair of gloves, um, something that is not like not super thick, just like thinnish gloves, but something that has like good material. Um, you can go with a synthetic kind of materials or you can not, but something that's thin enough that you have the flexibility to move your fingertips inside of a really solid, like waterproof outdoor mitten. And that's phenomenal because your fingers are pretty much close together inside the mitten. Um, you're protecting them from the water and it provides you the ability to, again, regulate temperature really easily. So a lot of times these waterproof mittens will have that string attached, you can, like, like for children, where you like tie them around your wrist. But it's phenomenal if you're using, especially if you're using like trekking poles or anything like that, and you've already got those attached to your wrist, you can literally just pause on the trail. You don't have to unla- like drop anything down on the ground. You just slide your mittens off, let them fall around your wrist, and then you grab your trekking poles and you keep going. So that's it. Um, last add-ons that are not really like clothing, but they're things to keep in mind are trekking poles, crampons, and gaiters. We mentioned those before, but those three things are really important if you're going to start to get into like really rocky terrain, ice, snow, mixed hiking. Um, those are absolutely essential and will make everything way more comfortable, um, for you as you go. So, with that, those are the basic onion layers that you need. Those are the kind of your basic things to get outside. And if you check online, I've got all of that laid out for you. You can download it. You can take a picture of it. Um, it's all free online for you. I'm not going to link any products or stuff like that for now um, because what I really, really want is for you guys to just grab what you have and to get outside with what you've got now. So modify your trail. Modify what you plan accordingly for that. Um and you will be perfect. And I would love to know if you guys have any uh, anything that you find to be an essential game changer for you when you've gotten outside. Um, one tip that I've gotten from somebody else is, you know, smart wool is like their go-to. Um, it's expensive, but it's worth the investment. I, it is a lot of investment. Um, and in my opinion, like honestly, I don't grab my smart wool first. I, I grab my, my other basics. I've got another set of thermals as well that I don't remember the name. Um, but they're super thin and I, I love those actually. Smart will tend to be like very thick. I know they've got different thicknesses, but they tend to be very thick kind of stiff materials. And I have another set that I absolutely love and I might, I might show you guys later. Anyway, I want to wrap up, um, this week's mini episode. If you guys are, are done with that and you want to, to tap out now, I fully understand, um, use those base layers and those like onion approaches for any kind of outdoor things. But I, I really want to start to kind of highlight a few things that I've been doing outside just to kind of show you guys that this mentality is applicable to more than just hiking, more than just taking to the trail. Um, so we have recently moved to the Chilean Patagonia side of Patagonia and near Via Maniwales. 
It's a little bit north of Koyaiki, which is a pretty big city down here. I mean, it's not that big, but it's a, it's a pretty popular city, especially for tourism. And things that have been getting me outside, because we live literally in the middle of the mountains with rivers and mountain lakes and streams, have been a lot of, of gardening, like big scale gardening kind of stuff, like building a hoop greenhouse um, and preparing dirt that is literally just ridden with overgrown grass and huge roots and copious amounts of bugs. Um, but we're growing everything from seeds and planting all of that and it is a whole new adventure because there are millions of bugs here that we don't know. So those are my kind of things and then like also walking to the grocery store and walking through parks and just finding things that are close to us like without a map just kind of exploring. Um, those have been some really beautiful things that I've been doing to get outside that allow me the flexibility to work on projects. Um, but not necessarily driving to a park or to a reserve um, to get outside. So, oh, and then lastly, also doing a lot of woodworking projects because, I mean, okay, woodworking sounds really fancy, like construction projects. Like we built um, two desks for our office because things are really remote here and we can't find desks that we liked. So we built them. Um, we found local material and we built them. And so building shelves and renovating the kitchen. So that's inside, but it's also a lot of outdoor projects. So. I just wanted to share that like your outdoor adventures per week can be literally a big, small, incredible summit of a mountain, or it can also be as incredible as walking around your local park and pausing to observe the streams and the smells and the sounds. And that's what the heart of To The Trails is, is just getting outside. So with that, I leave you with the hopefully then some inspiration and an aspiration to want to get outside. Um, and I can't wait to see you guys next week.